Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas, and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. This is Don Fisher, the voice of Indiana football, and you're listening to Sports Yak, the number one sports podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Actually, the only sports podcast on the network. Here's Chuck and Corey. A new segment on the show, the Sports Yak, called On This Day in History. On this day in 1970, Corey, I attended my first Cubs game, a 12-2 win over San Diego, and on my... uh, on my personal Facebook, but on the 46 Sports Twitter page. I've posted a uh, copy of the program, cost you 15 cents, with the scorecard inside from the 12-2 win. And it also included uh, on the one of the inside pages of the scorecard the ticket prices and the concession prices. Oh, wow. The tickets... Uh, my parents had to pay a buck seventy-five to sit in the grandstand. It cost them a dollar for me to get in. We sat in the on the first base side in the upper deck. Do you remember at this? Wrigley Field? Oh yeah. How old were you? Five. It rained all the way to the ballpark, and they're talking about going to the Museum of Science and Industry or the Field Museum. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the back of the station wagon, just I'm not saying anything, but I'm about to implode. We're we're in this thing for three seventy five. Well, and then our friends Dave and Lou and their daughter Donnie are going. So you know we've we've probably upped the the price on this now to about nine bucks. Uh oh. And uh, so I'm just I'm not saying anything, but I'm like I don't want to go to a museum. I want to go to a ball game. So it rains all the way up. We go in the ballpark. They pull the tarp. They play the game. We no more than walk back to our car, which I think was parked at a filling station maybe two blocks away. Mm-hmm. It pours. But we saw the <laughs> ball game. 12-2. So uh, not only do they have the ticket prices in there, but they there's a little section underneath that says lunch well and economically. Okay. Uh, how much do you think an Oscar Mayer hot dog cost you at Wrigley Field in those days? Well, if the program was fifteen cents, let's go ten cents. Uh, Thirty-five cents for the Oscar oh, Mayer hot dog. Oh, wow, okay. thirty-five cents. However, so here's the thing: between my ticket 
the hot dog, I believe I probably did have a frosty malt with a wooden spoon that day. And uh, I they probably splurged for a large Coke for me. That's a dollar eighty-five total. Dollar <laughs> eighty-five for the ballpark. And then the program would have been fifteen cents, so two bucks. Is that your actual program? Yeah. That's my actual You kept it. I did you do the scorecard? Somebody somebody wrote the names in the lineup for me and then I did the scorecard. Yeah. Did you really? Yes. And you still have it. And I still have it. Actually, I have my copy of the scorecard and my mother's copy of the scorecard, which is much neater than mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I should have I should have taken a picture of my mother's copy because then I could really figure out what the heck happened in this game. Cubs hat that day? Uh, well, funny, funny. You should mention Cubs hats and Cubs jackets because those are those are shown here in the lunch well and economically section as well, down towards the bottom. Um. A Cubs, an adult's Cubs sweatshirt. I just paid $80 for one two weeks ago. $3. $3. (laughs) $3 for an adult's Cubs sweatshirt. Oscar Mayer hot dog. The Vienna corned beef sandwich. Mm. 60 cents. Hamburger, bratwurst, barbecue beef. Ham sandwich. Cheese sandwich. I wonder if those were hot or cold. BLT or just... Then they had the Pro's Cheese Pizza, Pro's Sausage Pizza. The Borden's Frosty Malt. You could get Borden's Milk at the ballpark, because who doesn't go to the ballpark and want themselves a nice jug of milk? Um, lemonade, Orangeade. Old Style. How much do you think an Old Style was back then? No idea. 50 cents. Was there, sh- you could get a Schlitz, too. For was there a postseason cents. play that year? No. No, no, they were pretty bad. No, they weren't bad. Finished above five hundred, but they didn't win the division. So that there's a little trip in Uncle Chuck's <laughs> wayback machine there. So that was that was fun for me to dig up that program this morning. It's football time. Fall, broken bones, cheerleaders, hot dogs. Mascots, I miss my mommy. Are you ready for football? It's time to tailgate. Mascots are stupid. Time to break some bones. Touchdown. Corey Mann. Or is he a man? Maybe he's just a boy crying to his mother. Chuck Freebie. Is it really free? He gets a paycheck. Sports Yak with Corey Mann and somebody named Fremont or Freebie. Download wherever you download podcasts. That's kind of stupid. Where else would you go? And here we come with episode 129 of the Sports Yak. That'd be the Bob Perky episode. Oh, Perky Bob. Tell me more. Bob Perky uh, had some good years with the Cincinnati Reds. In fact, he won 23 games in 1962. I bet you your boy, tour guide Ron, would know all about Bob Perky from his boyhood. 129 wins in his illustrious big league career. Episode 129, Bob Perky. Let's, uh, before we jump into our little script here, tell me about uh, Friday night. We talked about it, of course, off mic at our little party we had over the weekend, but 
Uh, your thoughts on Friday night scrimmages and jamborees and such? I got to see two scrimmages on Friday night because I had realized uh, that I had not heard anything from John Adams or John Glenn uh, going into the season. So they were scrimmaging each other at School Field, which was just down the road from Father Bly Field, where St. Joe and Elkhart Memorial were scrimmaging. So I started off with St. Joe Memorial because I wanted to see Elkhart Memorial prior to doing their game this Friday night. And I uh, was very impressed with the Crimson Chargers. I thought Ty Laner did a nice job at quarterback. I thought their line play on both the offensive and defensive side was superior to St. Joe's. And uh, I think the Crimson Chargers are an improved lot. Scott Shaw has played some young kids for the last couple of years, and it's time to reap the dividends from that. And they look like a team that's ready to to win some games in the NLC this year. So I was impressed with Memorial, and then I went over to school field, and I don't think I saw South Ben Adams run one single running play in the whole scrimmage. Uh, they, they throw the football. And they've Is got that a, their thing previously? Yeah, they've got a quarterback named Ira Armstead who's going to the University of Virginia. And they, Ira Armstead, the quarterback, mm-hmm. that couldn't be more perfect. Yeah, and he airs it out. And we'll hear a little bit from Ira maybe on Wednesday's show. Uh, but He airs it out, but do they catch it? Uh, most of the time they do. They've okay. got a couple of receivers. Uh, one of them, Michael Zinowitz, had a very good night. Uh, another receiver, last name is Jeffries, I believe. He looked good. Although I talked with John Glenn's coach after the game, Austin Fouts, and he was really pleased with the way his team handled because Adams is a 5A school. John Glenn is a 3A school, so there's a, a big discrepancy there. And, and they knew that they were going to be outmanned somewhat. But Glenn did some good things, and, and they feel like uh, after a couple of years of struggles, they too are ready to show some improvement this year. Okay. I saw a tweet over the weekend of a young man who's committed to Notre Dame. His we, name is J.R. Kinesny. Tell me about this young man. He plays at St. Joe High School. He's only a junior right now. As a sophomore, we did a game between St. Joe and Mishawaka that he just took over. I think he had something like 35 points in it. Um, shoots the three very well but able to slash and go inside. Uh, Mike Bray compares him to Pat Connaughton okay. quite a bit. 6'6", six, six, swingman type of player. Had offers from Iowa and Butler and Valparaiso, where his sister plays, and decided to commit fairly early. I mean, going into his junior year, he could have dragged this out and seen if more offers came in, and I'm sure they probably would have. But instead, he decided to go ahead and play for the hometown team and play for the University of Notre Dame. So he is the second player this decade, of course, Demetrius Jackson being the other, who comes from this area and plays at Notre Dame. And when you think about it, over the years, Notre Dame men's basketball really has not had a whole lot of area talent. Pete Miller was a walk-on who wound up starting for John McLeod. And then you go all the way back to a guy like Dave Kuzmitz, who was a walk-on from St. Joe for Digger Phelps. But that's about it. There have not been a whole lot of local players on the Notre Dame men's basketball team, and all of a sudden two sprout up this decade, which I think shows that the talent level in our area is growing. You've got Jaden Ivey at Purdue. You're going to have Demise Anderson at IU. And now J.R. Kinesny at Notre Dame. 
What do you think, and you've you've hit on them, but what do you think are the big, here's what Bray sees in this kid that's going to be an early commit. I mean, two more years, obviously, but what do you think the big thing is about this kid? Good outside shooter with some size. Okay. So he can shoot over most defenders that he's going to match up against. And if he gets matched up with a taller guy, say they put a 6'8 guy on him, he's got the quickness to go around him. Is he allowed to work out at all with Notre Dame in the next no, two years? No. To kind of start to get, he can't do anything. Now, nothing says that he can't go play in a pickup game somewhere, but it can't be anything official. So, can uh, can the guys say, hey, we're, can some of the players call him and say, hey, we're playing a pickup game over at the Rock? Of course. Okay. You know. Or nothing a, sanctioned. But nothing sanctioned. Nothing where Mike Bray can stand there and watch him play. Oh, okay. No. Okay. No, Mike can go to St. Joe games, as many St. Joe games as he wants to watch him, and probably will. Um, but there won't be anything where Mike supervises him while Notre Dame players are there. Okay. Notre Dame football, another injury. Yeah, Michael Young, I saw this happen on Saturday. They had an open practice, and and the entire practice was open, although the reason the entire practice was open was they weren't showing a whole lot. But Young was working on a drill, in a drill where you go out for passes, you've got a defensive back covering you, and, and let's see if you can haul one down. And he's going up, and Avery Davis strips him of the ball, clean strip of the ball, and Young lands heavily on his left shoulder. I mean, this is almost a carbon copy of what happened to Cole Komet down at Culver Camp. Lands heavily on the left shoulder, gets up. He's favoring that shoulder right away. Now, part of the problem is, I, I don't mean to say this disparagingly, but there have been questions about Michael Young's toughness. And... Sometimes when a player doesn't hang on to a pass and he gets up and he's looking like he's injured, you're thinking, you're not really hurt. You're just you're trying to come up with an excuse for not catching the ball. Mm-hmm. So they had the trainer come over and look at him, Mike Bean. And when Mike Bean touched the shoulder and you just saw Young just almost jump away because of the pain, you realized... No, this isn't some act that uh, I didn't catch the ball and I'm hurt. This is legitimate pain. So Brian Radigan from South Bend Orthopedics was there and went into the locker room with him, and they uh, they did some x-rays and found out that he has a broken collarbone. So both Komet and Young out of the Irish lineup for the opener against Louisville. And Young had kind of had a very good camp and had worked his way into the number three receiver slot. What are we about to hear from uh, Coach Kelly? Well, Brian Kelly, another injury that the Irish suffered, uh, a guy that did not practice on Saturday is Paul Moala, the former Penn standout. And he apparently had outpatient surgery on his thumb last week. He's expected to get back to practice uh, by the middle of this week. But Brian was asked at after practice on Saturday uh, about Moala and whether the injury would cost him a spot on the two deep. You want a freshman, you know, young guy to be in there as much, but Paul's a heady kid. He's locked in, hasn't missed any meetings, time. 
uh, he was an outpatient uh, on the surgery. So, uh, you know, once he's cleared, he, he'll be back in the mix. You know, Kaiser's done a nice job in his, his absence. He made a couple of nice plays today. You know, Jack's a smart player too. We just feel like he, you know, he missed he missed some time, but I wouldn't expect him to, to fall too far behind. Thank you, everybody. Be back. I mean, you know, you, you want a fresh. Now, when Brian Kelly talks about Kaiser, he's not talking about Deshaun Kaiser. He's talking about Jack Kaiser. Jack Kaiser is a freshman out of Pioneer High School, uh, Mr. Football last year in the state of Indiana, highly regarded prospect for the Irish from this little 1A school down in Frontier, Indiana. And Jack Kaiser is getting some attention and showing that he can get the job done out there. So he had kind of replaced Moala as the number two linebacker or the number two rover on Saturday. Now it's expected, as you heard Brian say, that when Moala returns, Kaiser will drop back down on the depth chart to number three. But it, it was good to see him actually get some attention and some notoriety. Follow-up question. Do you think they put you all the way under for a thumb surgery? I don't know. That's yeah. a good question. I would think that they could just numb that. Yeah, just lock you down and numb that whole thing and, you know, or maybe they put you out for a little snooze and... I, yeah, I it's hard to say. Yeah. It's outpatient. I've had outpatient surgeries done where they've just taken me out all the way, so... Cubs looked like they had a blast yesterday. Wasn't that fun to watch? Yeah, just fun, 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 fun. In Williamsport, Pennsylvania, this is the third year that Major League Baseball has done this, where they have um, a Sunday night game in Williamsport at the single-A ballpark there. Only seats about 2,500. And they have the Little League teams come over and watch. And so... The big leaguers go to the little league games in the morning and the afternoon and hang out with the kids, get a little break, get ready for their game, and go play. And as ESPN pointed out throughout the afternoon, look, this is a big game for the Cubs. I mean, yeah, they're out here and they're having fun, and, and Rizzo and Bryant and Joe Madden slid on pieces of cardboard down the hill, which is kind of the tradition over at Williamsport, and and they hung out with the kids, and they danced, and they played video games, and Madden threw out a first pitch. But it was a big game for the Cubs. They went into the day knowing St. Louis had already beaten Cincinnati 5-4, and the Cubs needed a win to stay tied with the Cardinals for first place in the National League Central. Not only that, they needed a win so that they could win their first road series since May. They had been 0-10-2 in road series, since May. So they go out and uh, Nicholas Castellanos gets him off to a great start with a home run to left. Then Hayward hits one out to left. Rizzo hits one out to left. And the Cubs go on to win it 7-1. to Jose Quintana pitches another marvelous game. Since the All-Star break, he's got an ERA under two. Uh, he's been lights out. Did you see any of the uh, Rizzo being mic'd up, what he said to... His teammate, Nicholas. Uh, Did you see that part? Yeah, where he was, first of all, he said, have you ever been on Sunday Night Baseball before? <laughs> uh, which I thought was funny. Yeah, he was like, yeah, two years ago, maybe, I think, two years ago. And then uh, Rizzo was taken, Rizzo was in the booth with the ESPN people watching the game, I think it was between Japan and Mexico. Okay. 
And in that game, the Japanese shortstop made a couple of terrific plays. And Rizzo was so taken with the Japanese shortstop that when they got the home run ball back, he he autographed it and gave it to the Japanese shortstop with the help of Hugh Darvish, who interpreted for him. Oh, wow. By the way, Hugh Darvish uh, bobbleheads tonight, I think, locally. Oh, really? I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Former South Bend Cup. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Where'd we leave off? Also on Sunday, Angels. White Sox. Angels beat the White Sox 9-2. The big news for the White Sox over the weekend was having Bill Walton in the broadcast booth with Jason Benetti. <laughs> I watched some of that. What'd you think? It was like me calling the game. What What did he say the one time that I thought was just uh, th- three outs? Is that a record? Or he said something. It's like, well, it's, it's three outs. Was that what it was? He Well, first of all, even when he calls basketball, which is a sport that obviously he knows, He's out there. Yeah. And then covering baseball, which who knows how much he actually knows and doesn't know about baseball. He was even more out there. Yeah. Um, My wife, and partially this is because Bill Walton's from UCLA and he she's a USC fan, mm-hmm. did not like it. Um, I thought... He delivered what they expected. Yeah, it was a stunt. Yeah. And he got he got attention, and that's what they were hoping for. There's a great nine-minute, like a best-of video floating around up there from, yeah. from that game. Tell me about the other guy. Jason Benetti? Yeah. Jason Benetti suffers from cerebral palsy, much like my son Christopher does. Grew up a White Sox fan in Chicago. Uh, went to the games. Wound up going to Syracuse University, I, I believe, uh, is a classmate of Angelo DiCarlo's. Okay. And worked his way up through the minors. Uh, it became clear that Hawk Harrelson was nearing the end of his career, had shown interest to the White Sox that he would like the play-by-play job, uh, got the play-by-play job, and also does college football and college basketball for ESPN, has great pipes. Great sound to him, hmm. and uh, just has has shown obviously the ability to overcome the cerebral palsy. Does not affect his speech; it only affects his ability to move. He's not in a wheelchair; he walks, but with difficulty. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Sports Yak welcomes Mark Martell and the Ultimate Queen Celebration to the Silver Creek Event Center at Four Winds in New Buffalo, Michigan, Saturday night, September 7th. Chuck and Corey are big Queen fans and even bigger Mark Martell fans. So let's put you in the audience that night. Win two tickets to the show. Simply drop us an email at the sports yak with two K's at gmail.com. In the subject line, put Queen. Enter as often as you'd like. No purchase necessary. Winner announced Friday, August 30th. Mark Martell's vocals will blow your mind. And all your favorite Queen songs performed to perfection. Activate your name today with an email to the Sports Yak. Sports Yak with two K's at gmail.com. We are the champions. We are the champions. 
the Chicago Bears have uh, narrowed down their kicking contest now. They have given the job to Eddie Pinheiro. And Eddie Pinheiro has had a, a very good camp for the Bears. And, has he been around for a while? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know that much about Eddie Pinheiro, to be honest. Okay. Uh, but they he's the only kicker left in camp. So the job is his right now, and Matt Nagy has shown confidence in him. So he is the uh, the heir apparent to Cody Parkey. And goodness knows there needed to be an heir apparent. But, of course, Eddie Pinheiro will be the most popular kicker in Chicago until he misses a couple. Mm-hmm. And then... And and he knows this too. I mean, that's the nature of the job is you're everybody loves you until you miss, and then it's kind of like being a relief pitcher or a cornerback. Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas wins the BMW Championship in golf on Sunday. Um, certainly puts himself in contention in the FedEx playoffs. The Tour Championship has a very limited field. There's only 30 players who make the Tour Championship. And this year, Tiger Woods will not be one of them because he has not played well enough in the FedEx playoffs to qualify. Uh, That seemed to be the big news story of the day. Uh, Quite frankly, the fact that Thomas shot 25 under par, (laughs) I thought, deserves some merit too. I mean, and he walked away with a check for $1.7 million. That's not too shabby either. I want to get back to baseball, though, because over the weekend... There was a really neat story that came out of Baltimore. Actually, it came out of the city of Boston. There's a young man, nine years old, named Henry, who is a Red Sox fan. But he had sent uh, a very nice note to Baltimore's Chris Davis when Chris Davis was struggling at the beginning of the year. Baltimore Orioles broadcaster Gary Thorne helps tell the story for us. Henry Frasca is his name. He is nine years old. When Chris Davis was having the worst slump any baseball player has ever had, he came to the ballpark when Chris was playing here at Fenway, and he wrote a letter to Chris. That letter is the subject of what Henry talked about today at the ballpark. I'm Henry Frasca from Massachusetts. I'm a big Red Sox fan, but I love baseball. It's, It's my life. Now, you're not here because of the Red Sox, though. You're here because of the Orioles, right? I am. How come? Tell us what, why you're here. Um, I'm here because I wrote a letter to Chris Davis during his 0 for 56. Yep. I think that's I think it's 0 for 56. Um, that was the longest in MLB history. And one day I decided to write a note. Um, and that day he had three hits, drove in a couple runs. Uh, two doubles, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Why did you write the letter? What prompted you to do that? When someone's hurting, just I didn't like it, so I decided to try to help them out. I would love it if you would read the letter that you wrote to Chris Davis, okay? Take your time. Dear Mr. Davis, I'm Henry Frasca, nine, a nine-year-old kid and diehard Red Sox fan. There are two things I want you to know. First, the way you play baseball has absolutely nothing to do with how good a person you are. Also, you are incredible. <laughs> you played in the MLB, you've done it for a long time, and 
everyone goes through a slump. Don't don't give up. We're rooting for you. Sincerely, Henry Fasco. You know, I just got a copy of this today, Henry, and I just want you to know how impressed I was when I read this particular sentence. You know, the way you play baseball has nothing to do with how good a person you are. Do you know what a wonderful thing that is to say? Yeah? Where did you come up with that? Where did you get those from? Your, your mom and dad, where'd that come from? I have a lot of random thoughts that happen to occur at good times. But, um, just, I'm not sure. Don't, don't worry about where it came from. The important thing is you got it, and you do have it. Harry, it's a magnificent letter. I know you're going to have an opportunity to uh, see Chris, and so I uh, can't wait for you to uh, have a chance to meet him. Thank you very much for doing this with us, and uh, thank you for being a very inspiring young man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that was Henry on the bench, and then a little while later, Chris Davis came out. Now, they had never met before. Henry did not know that Chris, one, had actually received the letter, and two, that he has carried it around with him for the entire season. Chris said, just so moved when I got that, that I said, I have a little Bible I carry with me, and I folded the letter up, and I put it inside the Bible, and I've kept it with me ever since it was delivered to me here at Fenway Park. Then Henry went out, and he shagged some balls, he threw about a hundred of them into the crowd because he thought it was a good idea to give them away. <laughs> and then after he did that, they came to the bench, he and Chris. It, it definitely caught me off guard. Um, but, I mean, it, it meant enough to me for me to carry it around the rest of the day. And um, it was pretty cool. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't get a little choked up but um, it was it was cool for me and and it just kind of gave me a little bit of inspiration um, for that day and it turned out to be a pretty good day what did you feel like when you found out Chris not only got your letter but he kept it with him and still has it um well I, I only learned that he still has it and kept it today I know but um I was I was incredibly happy I just wanted to give him a hug. Um, I think a lot of times uh, people don't really imp realize how much they impact us. Uh, it, it certainly with, with something like that, uh, at, at that moment in time, going through what I was going through to get a letter that was that encouraging and, uh, and from a nine-year-old, uh, it, uh, it was pretty special. Anything else you want to say to Chris? Just to thank him for, for the best day of my life. All right. We'll do it again. Corey, I saw that story yesterday, and I think I tweeted this out. I'm a hard, callous journalist, and that turned me into a puddle. I mean, that kid was just so, so nice. And, and you know, he asked. they asked him why he did it, and he, it was tough to understand. He said he saw that Chris Davis was hurting, and he yeah. wanted to do something nice for him. You know, I... I cannot remember ever sitting down and writing a letter to somebody like that, maybe an athlete or a celebrity or whatever. My son has done it a couple times, and I try to police his expectations. Yeah. You know, because that's pretty amazing that uh, Henry gets to go to the game, gets to hang out with him for the afternoon, 
I think he was catching balls out in the outfield during or you know, trying to at yeah. least. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. But I love when stuff does happen like that and there's a connection of some sort. But even if there isn't, even if there isn't a payoff of, you know, you're probably gonna get flown to the game or whatever, the fact that he sat down and put paper to pencil and said, Hey, what was it what was the line? You are a better person than uh don't be defined by baseball. Right. Base how well you play baseball does not define how good a person yeah. you are. Great line. Great line. And <laughs> I get these random thoughts sometimes. Yeah. Is that what it was? <laughs> good parenting too. I'm gonna say that. I get these I get these random thoughts. <laughs> Speaking of random thoughts, I'm sure you had several over the weekend because as we broached on last Monday, Sports Jack, you turned fifty yesterday. As the big golden balloons to your right yes. shine upon your dome, yes, I turned 50. My wife filmed the three speeches. You had three speeches at your dinner Saturday. Yes, because I told her I want to be surrounded by people I love, and I want you to pick a few people to talk nice about me. I want to hear nice things. <laughs> and I was being serious. You were two minutes. My boy Tom was two minutes. My boy Jay got to work on that word economy. He was he, six minutes. Yeah, well, he was he was struggling with the delivery a little he was, bit. He was getting emotional. Yeah. But uh, when we got home, I watched yours again because I wanted to make sure I heard what I heard. Well. I'm very appreciative. Okay. You're one of my BFFs. That's why we have fun doing the show. Yes, together. absolutely. No, it was. I loved it, Chuck. I, I said this on the air this morning. I love being surrounded by everybody in that room. We've had about 15 to 20 years together, except for Luke, the new son-in-law, which is right. about three years. But I just, I love being around people I love and love me in return. And we were laughing and we had a great dinner. And Well, first of all, it was very generous for you and Debbie to pick up the tab for dinner for everybody. That huh. was that was very kind. Glad you showed up. Glad you RSVP'd. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, so, so was I. Because uh, as you know, I've been on this diet and... Uh, <laughs> that was an excuse to break away from the diet for one night. There was a lot of talk behind the scenes about what you guys were doing. I said, you know what? They'll do what they do. They got invited. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And it really wasn't that much of a problem. Mm. I think the only thing that probably wasn't on the diet was the pasta. Mm -hmm. But we had both kind of starved ourselves during the day, so we were kind of looking forward that I starved myself during the day too. Let me tell you this too. When you treat your server like a million bucks, the night goes really well. Yeah, didn't it? That girl, we we applauded every time she came into our private room. We just we went bananas when she walked in. She pulled me aside before I walked out. She goes, "I've never been treated that way in my entire employment career." And she goes, "I couldn't wait to walk back in the room." There you go. I said, "There you go." Hope you enjoyed your $3 tip. Well, you know. <laughs> Here's a tip. No, it was great. Here's a tip. Don't come back. <clears throat> it was a fun night. Got some fun gifts. Enjoyed uh, family and friends. Saw my mom and her husband yesterday. Had a, have had a great little morning here today with some food. and, and um, Boy, I'll tell you what, that gravy that Melanie brought in. Oh, oh my goodness. I may have gone three scoops. That's some uh, good eating right there. Who can blame you? That was some good eating right there. So then we'll get back to business this week. Uh, we're taking my 22-year-old to the Cubs game on Sunday. Oh, okay. 
for her birthday. She wanted to go to the, the Cubs Washington game. Nationals are in town. Mm-hmm. Do we know who'd be pitching by Sunday? Do we know uh, that kind of rotation? Let me see. Let me let me see if I can find that here. Uh, have you had a chance yet to listen to the album that I purchased for you? Oh, yeah. Listened to it uh, yesterday morning. I kind of got up earlier than everybody else. Yeah, it's not like it's a new thing. It's a it's a compilation of all the songs on the soundtrack to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. But they play a huge role in that movie. Oh, of course, yeah. Which is why it's such a good put-together um, collection of songs. Nevertheless, uh, I wasn't sure uh, if you'd been on the vinyl yet or not. You're probably going to see Cole Hamill's pitch for the Cubs against Steven Strasburg for Washington. Strasburg's a kid out of San Diego State, 15-5 and five on the year, 3.82 ERA. So might not be the best matchup for the Cubs, but hopefully, hopefully playing at home in Wrigley Field will help them out. I was definitely, definitely afraid when the uh, the birthday package was put in my lap because I thought this son of a bee got me a Bob Seger record, and I'm gonna have to enjoy it. What would have been wrong with that? Where do I start? Well, you start with the first song and you enjoy it all the way through. Dad, I got Bob Saget mixed up with Bob Seger. Yes, she did. That that was a problem. That shows, you know, you mentioned the good parenting for Henry. That shows a parenting problem right there. And I'm not blaming Debbie. I'm blaming you for your for your flat out hatred of Robert Seger, which I I cannot understand. What did she say? Dad, was he on full was he on Family Guy Full House? Full House. Yeah. Yeah, Full House. And I was like, Bob Saget? Bob Seeger. Oh, one for the ages. You should have listened to more Seeger. <laughs> Something that'll never be said in our family. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Uh, Mind Hunters on Netflix. Really? Season two came out on Friday. Season one is about a young man who creates the profiling that the FBI now does as regular protocol. Okay. And by profiling, I mean he goes and talks to the nut jobs in prison that have already done the heinous crimes. So he can figure out who the next person is to do a heinous crime and stop them before they do it. And he has a ton of pushback in season one. Now season two, the head guy is retired and the new guy loves this idea. So they're putting the gas pedal on the interviews and some things that are happening. I'm on episode three, and oh, dude, it's so good. It's for the adults, but it is really good. Has he talked to Bill Walton yet? He has not. Because there would be a mind to explore. Episode two, he talks to son of Sam, David Berkowitz, and it gets intense, and he's he's a really good interviewer, and he pulls out. And, of course, this is a dramatization. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not a documentary. No, it's not the real thing, but it's no. based on the it's real thing. It's based on the real thing. Because but... you can actually find those interviews on YouTube. Oh, okay. They've actually got those on there because they started filming those. But it's uh it's it's a it's a really good show. So I'm on C- I'm on episode three of that. So there's there's your pop culture. There you go. There's the Bob Perky edition of Sports Jack. Don't forget the contest we have for you. We want to give away these prizes. We're getting emails in. But we want you to be a part of it. We have tickets to the Brickyard 400. 
If you want to qualify for those, you send us an email to sportsyak with two Ks at gmail.com and put in the subject line Brickyard. We also have a couple of tickets to see Mark Martell, who was the voice of Freddie Mercury in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, mm-hmm. and his Queen experience. So if you want to see Mark Martell in concert when he is at Four Winds in, in New Buffalo, in New Buffalo mm-hmm. uh, all you have to do is put Queen in the subject line. Make sure you include your name, address, and a way to contact you besides the email, and we will be giving those tickets away here at the end of the month, which is rapidly approaching. David emailed us and said, I hope I understood this, that I can enter as many times as I want. Otherwise, this must be super annoying. David has entered as many times as he's wanted. Well, that's all right. And that's how you probably win them. Yeah, in the subject line, either Brickyard or Queen. And I think we'll do the win- I think we do the winner, Chuck, a week from this Friday. I believe you're correct. A week from this Friday. So there you go. I feel good about a Monday episode. I hope the listener does as well. You know... Someone once said, I got a lot of road behind me that I do in front of me. That's my new 50-year-old motto. What I do with that road in front of me, though, it's going to be an adventure. Somebody also said, working on mysteries without any clues. Funny how the night moves. Someone also said, running with the devil. Ah, 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 running with the devil. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Until next time, sports fans. Ooga looga, Heine Manoush, Van Lingo Mungo, Kai Kai Kyler. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.